I'm Josh, and my mission is simple. I teach tens of thousands of home service business owners like you how to grow a profitable seven-figure business. Every week, I deliver mind bombs and systems designed to help you gain mastery over marketing, admin, production, and sales inside your company. Each week, I'll open up the vault so you can finally take hold of the life and business you deserve. There is only one thing between where you are today and where you want to be, and that is the growth you're willing to endure. You're in the right place. Welcome to the Growth Vault. Hey, my friends. Welcome to the Growth Vault podcast. Today, I'm going to share with you a private message that I delivered to several hundred people in the Conquer program. It was during an online summit. It's just a, it's a private thing, but I really thought that this presentation would really help you, inspire you, encourage you. I think you're gonna like it. It's called Do Hard Things. I tell some stories I've never told before, and I really hope you get a lot out of it. I love you, and enjoy. Okay, perfect. Well, let's dive into it. The title of the, the topic this morning is Do Hard Things things. It's one of the isms. It's one of the phrases. It's one of the power words that we use in our household. We have t-shirts that say do hard things. We have pillows that say do hard things. We have everything says do hard things all over our house. And the reason we have that, I'm going to get to that, is uh, (laughs) because it'll change your life when you wrap your head around this concept. And I want to open really by challenging you and reminding you that there's only one person responsible for the ROI that you get in life, in your business, or even inside the Conquer program. And that person is you. You know, Brandon is not responsible for your ROI. I'm not responsible for it. Your Conquer coach, your wife, your mom, we don't get to blame our high school guidance counselor because we're struggling because she was mean to us 23 years ago. At the end of the day, you are responsible. And I'll tell you another thing that's very interesting is one of the easiest ways for me to determine quickly if someone that comes into Conquer is going to be successful or they're going to continue to struggle, it's very simple. And it has to do with the way they approach their accountability groups. If they show up looking to add value and they take responsibility and blame themselves for all the struggles and they they put the responsibility on themselves to overcome, and if they're that type of person, they're going to be very successful. If they're constantly looking for an easy button, they're going to struggle because even though Conquer is legitimately the best resource you could ever have if you're a home service business, you know, the support, the resources, Basecamp by itself, tons of courses, events like this, the community, the the live events that we do when we're not in COVID, we're giving you everything we can, but still at the end of the day, you still have to do hard things. And, uh, you know, for me in my early in my entrepreneurial career, I wanted the easy way out. And I don't know if I can get an amen or if anybody wants to admit that, but I definitely wanted the easy way out. In fact, I was on a mailing list. I was on a mailing list for like Small Business Opportunity Magazine when I was a teenager. I would go to Barnes and Noble and look at all the get rich quick things in these little cool money making magazines and and get all excited. In fact, right when I turned 18, I bought 14 candy machines on a credit card. I got a Discover card sent to me in the mail. To this day, I don't know how this happened, but they sent me the actual card with a number to activate and it had a $5,000 limit. And I had been reading all these Get Rich Quick magazines and I thought, this is it. I can get rich quick. I have a $5,000 credit card. I was reading books and listening to cassette tapes back in the day about Robert Kiyosaki and all this stuff. And I was on fire for entrepreneurship, except I did not want to do hard things. Long story short, I bought those machines 
but didn't put any effort into making it a real business. Half of my machines got stolen or vandalized. The other half made no money at all. And it was a total loss. Another example of me trying to avoid hard things was when I was 19 years old and due to my own pride, my own ego, I wanted to buy my first house. I couldn't afford a regular house, so I had to buy what my friend Marshall called a condominium, which was a trailer. It was a mobile home. Now, to be fair, it was a brand new mobile home, uh, but I was excited because I only needed a couple thousand dollars down, and I had hardly any credit established, but I did have some, and they could get me approved. And so I thought I was crushing it, even though every uh, person with a brain in my life said, Josh, probably don't want to buy a brand new mobile home, probably not going to be an appreciating asset, probably not going to work out very good for you. But I didn't listen because I didn't want to do hard things. I didn't want to wait another year or 18 months and get more money together and, and buy the house that I really wanted. And that caused a lot of pain in our life. And we had good memories there. But the $55,000 trailer that I bought was actually only worth 40,000 I got taken advantage of because I didn't want to do hard things. Another example of me not wanting to do hard things is my original window cleaning business. I don't tell this story normally because it just causes confusion, but I actually started my window cleaning business two times. So you hear me tell the story about me as a pizza delivery driver. I had a 93 Chevy Cavalier with a 28 foot ladder strapped to the roof of the car, right? And that's true. That's That was when I lived in the trailer park. I started a business. I built it up to about 210 customers and I was making just enough money or a little bit more to replace my pizza delivery income, but I had no idea how to build a real company yet. I was still trying to avoid doing the hard things, which is why then for a couple of years, I stopped doing that business and I went into the mortgage business and then I went to JP Morgan Chase Bank and became a personal banker because I thought that those were the easy buttons. I thought, you know what? I'm just going to get a corporate job, but then I was miserable. And so when I came back to restart my window cleaning company, I thought, you know what? The candy machine was bad. The trailer park idea was bad. And, uh, you know, this window cleaning thing didn't work out. I hated my corporate jobs. Maybe I should just actually do the hard things. And that's when I restarted it. Another example, even after my window cleaning business had become successful, right? And I, it was totally automated. I was working less than five hours a week for the last two years that I owned it. It was really a little ATM machine for us. Um, I started a software company, some of you might know, called Send Gym. And I fell into the same trap again. I thought, you know what? You know, I'm going to make a good jillion dollars because I'm going to build this software and then all the people will sign up for it. And it'll be so simple. Oh, my gosh. How didn't I know to do this 10 years ago, right? Well, six years into Send Gym and about a million dollars of development cost, the business had only made $900,000 in total revenue over the six years, which wasn't even remotely close to enough to even break even just on what we spent to build it. I had never taken $1 out of the business in five and a half years. We we're on the brink of not being able to continue with that company. You know, so what did I do? I had to do some hard things. I had to gut my staff, our expenses. I had to cut $45,000 a month in expenses and do a reset. And I had still not taken a paycheck, right? I had to spend $25,000 to join a high-level mastermind group similar to this to try to figure out what I was not understanding about that business model. And in 18 months, we went from $900 total thousand dollars in six years to doing over $4 million in new revenue in like 18 months because I chose to do hard things. So here's my first epiphany if you want to take notes. Not quitting something has a huge ROI. Not quitting has a huge ROI. If there's one thing I'm an expert in, it's just not giving up. 
Now, in my early days when I avoided hard things, I would easily give up, but we do not give up now. That's why we wear these on our t-shirts to remind us of all the pain and suffering. There's a book um, called Grit by Angela Duxworth, and you should Google it. But what, Billy, to summarize it, it's very interesting. She studied all these super high achievers, and what she found is that they had no uh, correlation with, with each other, meaning all these high achievers, 100 high achievers, they didn't come from rich families. They didn't have high academic prowess. They didn't have perfect athletic stories. They didn't have anything that was similar other than one factor. And it comes down to grit or not giving up. Grit is the number one determining factor of someone who's going to be successful and someone who's not. Grit is the thing that you are missing if you're feeling stuck, discouraged, and broken right now. A friend of mine named Brian Bowman used to be a professional golfer, and he used to tell me all these cool business statistics because now he's an e-commerce expert. In fact, he just helped a friend of mine take his e-commerce business from $10,000 a month to over $7 million in 2020, and he's a genius, right? And he told me one time back in his professional golfing days, he said, Josh, do you know what the number one statistic is in predicting who's going to win the PGA, like the whole thing, like who's going to be at the, the top of the list at the end of the PGA Tour uh, in win? There's one stat that correlates closer than any other stat. That stat is called the bounce back rate. The bounce back rate is fascinating, and it applies to our life as well as to golf. What it is, is if you do poorly on a hole, the, whatever you do on the very next hole is going to derive your bounce back rate. So if you shoot like a double bogey and you just have a terrible hole, and then on the very next hole, you get a double birdie, that means you have a good bounce back rate. And what it speaks to is our ability in our brain to not let a temporary setback derail us for a quarter or take away our whole year. It's, it doesn't let COVID demoralize us for more than 72 hours. And then before we start pivoting and building a game plan and things like that, because the truth is, is that in everything in life, there's one thing I've learned is that there's two paths that all of us get to choose. Path A is where everything is hard on the front end, and then it becomes easier later on the back end. The second path is where everything is easy on the front end, but then you're setting yourself up for pain and for it to be hard on the back end. That is the way that it is. It's observable truth. I know Brandon's probably giving me an amen because we see it every day. You got to put in the hard work up front. Amateurs focus on the front end and professionals focus on the back end. Now, this is kind of a marketing statistic that has to do with your business model, but think about it. How many times when you were younger, or maybe right now, do you really just go out every day and chase money? You say, hey, I need to buy groceries. I got to pay my bills. I need $500. Where's $500? Where, where I got to get it? Is it in here? I think, oh, hey, do you have five? Give me money, 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 money. Rather than taking a step back and remembering the back end, the legacy part, right? You know, Tony Robbins has a famous quote that, that speaks to this. It's, and it's amazing. You should write it down. People overestimate what they can accomplish in a year, but they underestimate what they can achieve in a decade. That was my life story until I was about 25 years old, right? So that whole 18 years old being interested in entrepreneurship for about seven straight years was me overestimating what I could achieve in a year. It was me not, focusing on the front end, fo focusing on making my, my $263 I needed that day, that $4,000 I needed that month. And it was me doing things backwards. Does that make sense? How am I doing? Another way to look at it, and I, and I made this note this morning because of the speaker yesterday, was to ask ourselves, what are we capable of? 
So Brian Moran yesterday, when he asked that, I, I don't know if, if it went over your head or if you missed it, but really think about that question. For me, it blew my mind. To ask yourself, what are you really capable of is a very different question than to ask yourself what your goal is. If I asked my wife, I said, uh, what's your goal over the next 12 weeks versus what are you capable of? If you at the highest peak performance version of yourself, with you with total tunnel vision focus, if you exerted every ounce of everything you have, what are you capable of is a very different thing than what do you, what's your goals for the next 12 weeks. And a story to illustrate that is this concept called Plata Oplomo. So Ashley and I lived in Costa Rica for a couple of years because we sold our company. We went on an adventure. We learned a little bit of Spanish and I learned this story. It really speaks about like the Mexican drug cartels and things. And basically the way that the corrupt government will work down there sometimes is these cartel leaders will go to like a, a local sheriff or a local politician and they give them two choices. They say, listen, this is my town. And you have two choices, Mr. Sheriff. You can take the plata or you can take the plomo. And in Spanish, plata means silver. It really means money. And plomo means lead, right? Or it means a bullet. And so imagine you're a Mexican government official trying to crush life. And this powerful drug lord comes to you and basically says, listen, take this bag of money and do what I say, or I'm going to kill your whole family. I know that's a little, little extreme, right? But, but wrap your head around the principle that I'm trying to illustrate. What are you capable of in a situation like that? If there was a gun to your head, if you didn't execute in the next 12 weeks, what would you be capable of? Well, I'm sure that you would do a lot of hard things. You know, I, I often tell people on my podcast that there's a lot of people dumber than you that already have what you want. <laughs> like, like there are some people that have a lot of resources and a lot of success and they're not really overthinking anything. And yet I meet really good people who love their family, who love their customers, who have integrity, who do the right thing when no one's looking. I meet people like that and they're re-strategizing their marketing plan for the 700th time when really they're just scared, right? Instead of going for it, they're delaying and procrastinating on doing the hard things. You know, another thing that's interesting about kind of how we are with our kids is when we see a person that has success, we celebrate it, right? So when I say there's a lot of people dumber than you that already have what you want, I'm not picking on those people. I'm actually elevating them. What I'm saying is that your intelligence, your IQ, your your uh, your genetic stock, the amount of money your parents had, the college you did or didn't go to has nothing to do with your success. It's your ability to do hard things. But when we do see a, a Ferrari or a really nice house, my kids say, dad, wow, look at how much value that person must have created in the world, right? Because there's nothing easier to do than dismiss another person's hard things. Think about that. You know, we view the hard things that we go through as the epitome of Mount Everest, you know, and it's like this epic cinematic drama when we play it back in our head and how we're crawling up a mountain and thorns are pushing into our skin and we're so legendary for doing this hard thing. But then when we see someone that's successful, we forget the chances are they did lots of hard things to get the result that they got. You know, another thing, Mike Dalkey, who's a good friend of Conquer, he calls dollars certificates of good deeds. And so the money that you make is evidence of the good that you're doing in the world. Uh, there's a study done with university students that worked on projects as a group. And they asked these, these groups of three who worked on a project together, they asked each of the participants, they said, uh, what percentage 
of this project did you personally contribute? Meaning the project's complete, it's 100% done. There's three people that worked on it. What portion of this completed work should we attribute to you? And you know how they voted? Everybody voted about 50%. And then when you think about it, 50 plus 50 plus 50 equals 150%, right? So what does that mean? It means we overestimate <laughs> our own hard things. We underestimate other people's hard things. And I don't want you to do that. I'm going to do like a lightning round of some powerful stories to inspire you and encourage you. There was a 61-year-old man named Cliff Young. He was a potato farmer from Australia. And years ago, he was not a professional athlete. He was a potato farmer. He decided to enter an ultra marathon foot race, which means Cliff Young, the 61-year-old, was going to run 544 miles, okay? The media mocked him. People thought it was hilarious. And then there, people were scared for him because they said, Cliff, you don't understand. You know, 23-year-olds, they're the ones, they're the ones that <laughs> do ultra marathons, not people like you. Cliff Young won the race set a new course record, even though he ran for five days and I think 14 hours straight. There's a gentleman inside the Conquer program who grew up in abject poverty, who was emotionally and mentally abused uh, his entire life. He was set to be a statistic, never to achieve anything. That young man went on to build multiple seven-figure businesses and is a Conquer coach named Pat Clark. There's a gentleman that I've worked with for the past two seasons inside of Conquer named Tim. Tim was an owner-operator for 10 years. Tim never could have seen himself getting outside of the, the frustrations in the world of an owner-operator. Yet, since he joined Conquer and he did hard things and he showed up with a servant's heart with humility, he, he just finished at $850,000 a year less than 24 months later. Uh, Sam and Dave Jensen are a part of Conquer. Dave was deployed to Kuwait uh, unexpectedly was gone for like a year, leaving his introvert, amazing sweet wife, Sam, to hold the business together. Not only did she do that, not only did she hire people and fire people, build training programs, learn how to pressure clean things. She did all the hard things. And now that Dave is back, thank God, they're set up to have the biggest year of their life next year. And they're stronger for having done those hard things. The Grant family uh, <laughs> came to AGSX a couple of years ago, or actually less than two years ago. And while they were there, they had no money. They were stressed out, right? Their employee had fake fell off a roof, said he was going to sue them for workers' comp, and they're all stressed out. They just finished an $800,000 year. There's conquer coaches in here that were on the brink of divorce and addicted to drugs less than a decade ago and now run a successful multi-million dollar business and have a strong family relationship. There's a 26-year-old inside of this group that has a half a million dollars in cash because he did hard things. What's my point? My point is for you to advance, you have to follow the law of advancement. And for you to have any positive result, there has to first be pain on the front end. You know, a bird is designed to fly, right? God designed birds to fly. But let me ask you a question. Uh, do you think it's fun for a bird to learn how to fly? Do you think the little bird with the little tiny feathers flopping out of its nest and free falling before its mother catches it and it tries to do that 17 times before it finally works? Do you think it's fun, even though a bird is designed to fly, for the bird to learn how to fly? I think no. So my question to you is, why do you expect it to be easy and fun, even though you were designed to be an entrepreneur? It doesn't mean it's going to be uh, easy for you to do. Uh, the law of advancement means that if you want your muscles to get bigger, they have to first get weaker because you rip them apart. It means if you want your bank account to grow bigger, your bank account has to first go down because you have to invest in yourself. It means if a tree wants to grow up, the seed has to go down. Building systems for your business takes away your time today. That's what it does, but it creates time for you on the back end, right? 
Um, and I'm going to land the plane here in just a minute, but I just want to encourage you to remember that success leaves clues and so does failure. And I said last night that I consider myself a professional dot connector. I've had the privilege of working with over a thousand people individually over the years. I've interviewed hundreds of people on my podcast. I've been interviewed. I've met a lot of interesting people and I can identify patterns and clues. And I can tell you with certainty, the overwhelming percentage of the time, the people that I look up to, the people that I would trade places with, they have done lots of hard things. People want an easy button. I'm going to kind of close with this. You know, I'm a marketer. I've sold millions of dollars of things on the internet. And yes, boots on the ground, millions of dollars with my service business. I've done a lot of different things. And as a marketer, I know something. And this will be useful for you as, as a marketer as well. But I want to take off my marketer hat. But here's the thing. People purchase what they want, not what they need. People buy Conquer because they think it's an easy button. And then after they get in, they realize, eh, maybe it's not as easy. And we try to account for that. And we try to support and uphold that, right? But psychologically, what we're all trying to do a lot of times is to find a painkiller instead of a vitamin. And what that means is we want a quick fix rather than the, the long-term solution that's going to give us the family legacy that we want, right? And there's a sentence that I use as a marketer. I'm going to read it to you. It's by Blair Warren. You can Google it. It's called the One Sentence Persuasion. And it says that people will do anything for those who encourage their dreams, allay their fears, confirm their suspicions, uh, justify their failures, and help them throw rocks at their enemy. I know I'm talking fast. That's why I want you to Google that. But as a marketer, this is how you position your messaging, right? You want to sell your stuff as if it was an easy button. But if I take off my marketer hat, I just want to tell you truthfully that there's not really an easy button. We can shortcut things for you. We can hold you up when you're limping along, right? The community and the accountability and the clarity you get is extremely valuable. But to go back to my original point, you are responsible for the ROI that you get inside of Conquer and in any other area of your life. And once you realize that and you stop avoiding hard things, uh, everything will shift for you. My final story is this. So one of my lifelong struggles has been getting in really good shape. And I joke about it all the time. Last year, I did a dad bod challenge and we gave some money to charity. And it's a funny thing. I was sitting next to a bodybuilder who has a $70 million business and he helps gyms. This guy looks like a, a Viking. I mean, he's, his veins are poking out everywhere. He's ripped. He's just hunched over the table. He's eating this like vegan omelet thing with like all the sugar-free everything. And I'm eating a waffle and I'm sitting next to him. his name's Alex Hormozzi. I'm eating a waffle with my chunky cheeks and my little dad belly here. And I'm pouring my syrup. It's, it's syrup, by the way, not syrup. It's syrup. I'm pouring my syrup all over my waffle. And I try to make small talk with Alex. And I said, Alex, um, hey, man, you got any, like, tips or, like, cool, like, I don't know, like, some cool, like, hacks on, like, how to get in shape? Um, you know, that'd be cool. Like, you're, you're really in shape and your whole business is about being in shape. And he looks at me. He turns his giant man body towards me. And he says, Josh, do you really need me to tell you or do you already know, but you're not doing it? So yes, I shrank to about an inch tall and my ego is destroyed forever. But what he said was a profound truth. And that's my challenge to you to kick off today's uh, event. Day two is to ask you, do you really need that one more secret unicorn fairy dust, magical easy button tactic, or do you already know the things you need to do? but you're just not doing it. 
I wrote this check out just like all of you did yesterday for a half a million dollars over the next 12 weeks. If I don't execute on my personal goals, this is a real number uh, of what it will cost me. And, you know, Brandon and his genius, he put down in the memo lacking in execution. So I want to encourage you to do hard things. We're excited for the rest of the day. Brandon, if you want to hop in. If you're ready to go even deeper, go to Facebook and search for The Growth Fall. It's a free community with thousands of other business owners just like you. I'll see you next time on The Growth Fall.